Hey, beautiful people, and welcome to In Your Power podcast with Kat. Welcome back, guys, and thank you for jumping in and clicking play that you want to listen to this amazing podcast. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, now, today, I'm just going to jump right into the episode because I feel like I'm on a roll. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, it's just going to stem back from last week's episode um, and moving forward into, I feel like I want to share about my journey of um, endometriosis and how it was discovered. And, you know, I just feel like I've been seeing a lot of the sharing of the issues that I've been going through on, you know, on the socials. And, you know, I just want to put it out there that, um, you know, I just want to share my part of what has happened um, in terms of how I was diagnosed and, you know, just share that part of my story and, you know, if it resonates and helps someone out there, then that's amazing. And, you know, my goal for this podcast is to, um, you know, help you feel like you are not alone on this journey of self-discovery and, um, you know, doing the work and, you know, going through and moving through, you know, things that happen in our lives and, you know, be it good or bad, um, you know, I just want to be that support. I just want um, to share, you know, the things that I've gone through and hoping that that will help someone just, even if it helps just one person, you know, I'm just really, that's what I'm hoping will happen. So, yeah, hang on just a sec. Yeah, so um, I'm just going to jump in and start from the start and we'll see how we go. So um, initially, um, like obviously from a young age, I had really, really bad periods. So um, my period started really, really young as well. Um, I think I was about 12, 11 or 12 when I got my first period. Um, And it was horrible. It was, from memory, it was heavy. Um, I had to use super pads. um, And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of girls that can relate to that. Um, And, you know, it's just, you know, it's really hard to get through that stigma of, you know, um, because we're women and, you know, the story that I was told and, you know, was that, you know, Eve was bad and that's why women got, you know, um, cursed with a period and a painful period. So um, just trying to remove that whole bullshit stigma (laughs) of, you know, just because we're female, we deserve to have painful periods because, you know, Eve bit out of the apple and blah, 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 all that bullshit. So um, moving away from that, and, you know, that story that I feel a lot of us have, um, you know, heard in some way, shape or form. Um, and anyway, so my thing is, even though we're women and, you know, it sometimes it is painful, it is not normal. It is not normal. And now I'm going to say it again. It is not normal to have pain with your period. Okay. So 
if you have pain with your period, that is your body's way of saying there's something wrong. Okay, so if you get period pain, if you have PMS, if you have any symptom, you know, be it tender breasts, you know, backache, stomach cramps, bloating, you know, all those things that we get when we get a period, there's something wrong. So that is our body's way of saying, hey, you know, thumb, you know, heads up, your period's coming, but there's an imbalance here. So that is your body's way of saying you've got an imbalance there somewhere. So um, if you are getting period pain, if you are getting, you know, any of those sort of symptoms, that's an indication that there's an imbalance somewhere. So um, anyway, <laughs> so that is that is the issues that I've always had from, you know, from the minute I had my period, I had period pain, tender breasts, heavy periods, you know, all those things. And, you know, bless my mum, she was beautiful, like absolutely adored her. And, you know, she was only doing what she knew was best, but she, she was a trooper. Like she got through, she would go through pain and, you know, all that sort of thing. So she just thought it was normal as well. So, you know, that's, it's not on her. She did the best she could with what she knew and what she she was told through her, you know, um, experiences of being you know a young woman and an older woman and you know and just going with what the doctors have told her and you know all that sort of thing but you know she was just like it's normal to have period pain you know it's normal to have heavy periods um you know all those sort of things so you know when it came to me being in high school a heavy period is the worst possible thing for a girl like honestly and I can tell you many a time where there was such embarrassment, you know, from a leaky pad and, you know, all those sorts of things because teenage girls and boys are horrific when it comes to, you know, being discreet and being, you know, nice. So, you know, it's just, it, and that just adds to the even worseness of having shitty periods. So, yeah, anyway, so, you know, my mum did the best she could with, you know, her knowledge and what, was going on um and you know the doctors did the best they knew how to do they literally just gave me a pill and said this will fix the problem that you're having with heavy periods and stuff and didn't even think about um what other possibilities could be going on in my young female body so you know fast forward to my young adulthood when you know I was trying to um you know live life off the pill because I'd been on the pill for such a long time. Um, so I think I got put on the pill when I was like 14 or 15, possibly 15. Um, and, you know, it was supposed to be, you know, the quick fix. Um, I still had heavy periods. I still had period pain, but, you know, at least I could regulate them as such and possibly skip them if I didn't want them. Um, but heaven forbid I actually forget to take one of those pills because, you know, the period would come in a vengeance. <laughs> um, who can relate to that? I'm pretty sure there's a lot of you that can relate to that. Um, so moving forward 
into young adulthood um, uh, and into early marriage, you know, you do the whole normal thing, you get married, you start to have try and have kids. So, um, yeah, that was a thing. I, you know, I, I got married. I was quite young when I got married. Um, and, you know, the next step was obviously to try and conceive to have a baby because that honestly was one of my, you know, one of my dreams was to have a child. Um, and yeah, so not ever once did I think that I wouldn't be able to. So that wasn't even a thing on my, on my radar, (laughs) um, until I, um, had a miscarriage and, um, that was probably one of the hardest things that I have ever gone through in my life. (laughs) Um, realizing that, um, yeah, that one minute you have this little, um, human growing inside you and then you don't. Um, yeah, so that was really heartbreaking and, um, going through that process of, you know, you have the first ultrasound and my first ultrasound was, um, you know, trying to figure out where like whether I had conceived um and you know it it was that I had been pregnant um I had the blood tests to confirm that I was um so it wasn't all in my head (laughs) um like some people may think that it possibly could have been um but yeah I did all the pregnancy tests um I felt like I knew I was pregnant as soon as I fell pregnant (laughs) um and yeah so um, the pregnancy tests were all positive and, you know, after my miscarriage, it was, it was proven that yes, I was pregnant and, um, yeah. So going through that process of loss, um, and realizing that this possibly may not be a reality for me, um, was super hard and, um, coming to the realization that my body would not possibly be able to support a child was like horrendous I couldn't it wasn't even a thing that I thought um wouldn't be a possibility so um yeah (laughs) so moving forward from that um that was pretty much when um my diagnosis came through um after that obviously I was having checkups just because um it was you know, it was a six week pregnancy. Um, so I got a couple of checkups afterwards just to make sure everything was fine. Um, that it wasn't like one of the, one of, it wasn't an atopical pregnancy, which is a pregnancy that was in the tube. Um, just in case, you know, that possibly could have been a thing. Um, so yeah, I was getting ultrasounds and checkups. Um, and yeah, so it felt like, um, my pain and everything like that started to like it just heightened it (laughs) for some reason um but obviously it's just my body saying you know um there is an issue here you need to address it um so that was when um so and to be honest I was going to the doctors um quite regularly with like seriously concerns about the pain that I would have and, you know, it wasn't normal, like I was getting severe abdominal pains and cramps and spasms and it just felt like it 
like it shouldn't be that bad um so after the miscarriage um there was like obviously experimental ex not experimental <laughs> um expl- exploratory things going on so um it got to the point where one day um i remember it was a friday 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 um I'd made a doctor's appointment because the pain was so bad it was like one of those emergency doctor's appointments um and the pain went away so I was just like ah you know what I'll just cancel my doctor's appointment um and then it came back again in a with a vengeance like it was like debilitating like I was cramped like hunched over like just done (laughs) um so I had to uh, take myself to the emergency um, in Wangaratta, which was like half an hour away from where I lived. Um, and so I was admitted into emergency. Um, they thought it was appendicitis. So I was, you know, um, showing symptoms of appendicitis because of where the pain was. Um, later on down the track, it would show that because my appendix was completely covered in an endo endometriosis so um that may have possibly been why it was like it was showing up as or symptomatically like I had appendicitis because my appendix was fine but it was completely covered in endometriosis so um yeah so anyway I was in emergency um and you know at the time I had my period so um the nurse was like, um, I'm going to have to do an internal exam. You know, are you okay with that? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay with that. But are you like, I'm on my period, you know, and you know, that's just me being a young, you know, young adult, young female who, you know, hasn't really been well versed in, you know, human anatomy and stuff like that yet. So, um, and you know, their nurses, their doctors, they say that all the time. Um, so yeah, anyway, she did an internal exam and she's like, um, have you ever heard of endometriosis? And I'm like, no, I haven't. And she's like, I feel like you might have endometriosis. Um, so, um, she's given me some, um, Advil um they've done all the tests you know I definitely didn't have appendicitis um so anyway she sent me away I had to go to the doctors the next day just for another checkup just to 100% double check everything um and then I was referred to um a gynecologist so from there um I had took an had an appointment um before I went to the appointment the gynecologist asked me to get some blood tests done um had no idea what that was about but I got blood tests done and went to this appointment and he's like yep the indicators here on your bloods are that you possibly have um um endometriosis so um he's like so what we'll do is we'll go for um We'll go in um, with keyhole surgery and just see what's going on inside um, because that is basically the only way we can 100% um, say that you've got endometriosis. So that's how the only way they could test um, to see whether you had it was actually to go inside and see whether you've got it. Um, So, yeah, that was fine. 
So um, I'm not sure of the time span, but anyway, fast forward to the time where I was, I got admitted into hospital. It was sort of like just a day procedure, I think, may have been an overnight. I honestly can't remember. Um, and yeah, so I got keyhole surgery. And um, yeah, so the gynecologist is in there and um, I go in and um, wake up and he's like, look, I'm really sorry. Um, I haven't been able to do much of anything. You definitely do have endometriosis and I am actually really, really surprised that you are not in way more pain than what you have already been um, feeling because you are not exactly his words, but you were riddled with endometriosis. So um, I was just like, whoa, okay. Um, so I got um, referred down to the Mercy Hospital in Melbourne, the Mercy Women's Hospital. Um, and then that was where I had um, my second keyhole surgery where they um, did um, like they got rid of what they could of endometriosis of the endometriosis um and yeah so the first one they went in they got all that they could um I'm not sure how long I was in for it may have been a few hours or something um and um that was fine um and then this I had to go had to come back again because they couldn't get it all in the time frame that they allowed um for what they expected to be able to do so um yeah so I remember that was the first one and then so the first one down in Melbourne and then the second one was a few months later so you know I'd just gotten into recovery from the first one and then had to go back down for the second operation um and then that was the one where they um they had to take out my appendix because it was riddled with endometriosis as well um and they just did like a clean up of everything and that was where they um did the whole um ink through my tubes to see if they were open and working which um like I explained on the previous episode um they were not the ink would not go through the tubes um and they said you know uh, it could possibly be that you know they've just been traumatized from all the moving around and touchy feely um but yeah so <clears throat> um yeah and they'd also um had to um remove uh what do you call it like a polypy cysty black bulge um from my ovary which was the same size as my ovary so um that was basically how they did um they noticed um that I had something going on because um one of the ultrasounds I had um so like I had one a few months before there was nothing going on and then a few months later I'd had another ultrasound and um they found that, you know, that was, um, there was a thing on my ovary and it actually, it had actually pulled my ovary down on and stuck it to the side of my uterus. So, um, one of the, um, operations was to, um, remove that 
thing that was on my ovary and um, put my ovary back to where it's supposed to be. And then they put like a little sleeve over it so that it would not stick to anything and hopefully repair. Um, so yeah, um, that was the horrendous, that was horrendous. Um, the feeling of, you know, that whole, um, you know, is it, am I going to be able to have a kid? You know, am I, am I, am I going to be able to have children? Um, so obviously that was a lot of my questions. Um, and the doctors basically said, um, after this last operation, um, if you don't receive, if you don't conceive in the next six to 12 months, um, come back and um, we'll have to start you on IVF if you want to start to think about have, having children because um, that will mean that, you know, your tubes have definitely not, um, are not worthy of like letting an egg down. So, yeah, so that is the story basically. <laughs> um just like the footnotes basically of what it was um, and, you know, the symptoms were all, you know, I can't even like count how many times I went to the doctor in my womanhood life, like lifespan of being a, you know, fertile woman. Um, I went, I was going to the doctor's every other month saying there's something wrong I have pain you know this isn't normal like my periods are super heavy I you know my pain is just ridiculous um some days I was out like literally could not move but you know I you know I'm pretty strong-willed with that sort of thing um and you know, would take all the Panadol and all the Advil and, you know, all the, all the painkillers to try and keep moving forward. So, um, <clears throat> you know, that was a big thing. Like when I had my period, I had to make sure I had Nurofen or Advil or something that was going to help, um, you know, with the pain and would definitely take it on like the, the hourly time when you needed to take it. So, um, and if I didn't get it in time, there well, was no not there was no stopping the pain. Like it was, yeah, there. So, I my 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 message is: <clears throat> pay attention to your body. And as much as the doctors are saying, if the doctors are saying to you, "There's nothing wrong. It's normal." get another doctor, change doctors. <clears throat> I mean, all doctors mean well. And, you know, there's obviously only limited things that they are aware of. And, you know, there's so much, there's, even though there's so much more research going into endometriosis and PCOS and, you know, all those, you know, those, like those women things, um, I just say, try and find a doctor who's going to listen to you and know that you're not just being what they feel like is a hypochondriac because, you know, <laughs> I sometimes feel like the doctors would just were not listening to me because they were thinking I was just being hypersensitive and, you know, 
I don't want to have this horrible period, but you know, no woman should have to have a horrible period. That's my message. Like if you are having pain, if you are having issues, if your period is heavy, if your period is light, if your period, you know, just all those things, if it's an odd color, if it's all these different elements, you know, find a doctor that's going to listen to you and or try and get on board with a naturopath or an acupuncturist or, you know, some sort of health, holistic health practitioner that will help you um, get your period right. Because, um, you know, speaking from my personal experience, um, you know, it's just, it's a thing that, you know, you really need to address as a female. Um, And that is like one of my biggest passions is, you know, don't just accept it for what the doctors are saying. Like if you are not happy with what they're saying, try and find someone who's going to listen to your views and um, accept that, you know, you're not willing to live with the pain. You're not willing to live with the crappy periods and there is a way out. There is a way of trying to get them into normality and um, that's just my message is (laughs) um, don't go through the hard stuff like or until it's too late to not do things about it. So um, I honestly feel like if I had have had things addressed way sooner and had my endometriosis not been masked by the pill, maybe, maybe I would have been able to conceive. Um, but then, you know, for me, it was a thing because, you know, had I have conceived, it would have been with, you know, a partner that I was not happy with. So, I'm, like, I'm looking at it with a silver lining. Um, I'm, like, although I am devastated that I never got to have a child or to um you know actually give birth to a child and grow a baby in my body um I look at it as a blessing in disguise because leaving that relationship would have been 10 times as harder and having to have that person in my life indefinitely would have been so much harder as well so um that's the only blessing I can see from not being able to have children. Although there's also the other blessing of, you know, I have um, my beautiful partner's kids now and, you know, I still, I look at them as they were my own anyway. So, um, you know, I definitely have that motherly thing (laughs) that motherly instinct that you know I feel like they are my kids anyway like even though I didn't bear them in my body I still feel like they are my own and you know I love and cherish them so much um and I feel so blessed that I get to be their other (laughs) their other mum so to speak so they are the motherly figure so um yeah and 
just having them to love is is so amazing and yeah I'm really blessed that they are in my life and that my partner is in my life as well so um I just look at that and think you know they are my kids too so um yeah but moving forward um yeah so that is that's my footnotes on my experience with endometriosis um and you know I just hope that this message goes out to someone who is struggling and possibly not getting the answers that they are looking for and if that is you please please reach out because you know I have some great tools that you might be able to use and some information and some great resources that um may have answers for you so um but if not reach out to someone else um there's so many resources available now for endometriosis and um so many support groups and you know all those things so um please please don't do it alone honestly ask for help because um you know it's a thing it's not in your head um just honestly reach out and the pain is real. I know the pain is totally real. So, um, yeah. So that is today's episode and thanks guys for listening. And honestly, if you need to reach out, um, you can find me at FitCat Health Coach or in your power podcast, um, on Insta and yeah, just jump in. And if this episode, resonates with you or if you think someone in your life needs to hear this um send it out to them like share it out to them because um there's nothing better than actually receiving something in your inbox saying you know I was thinking of you and I feel like you need to listen to this so that's how it works (laughs) so yeah thanks for listening guys and um yeah stay positive because there is definitely help out there and there is there is a solution to what you're going through so yeah that's that's the positive thing it's you know there's definitely an answer somewhere for you so keep moving forward (laughs) all right guys so that is me done um thanks for listening again and um we'll talk to you next week peace and love guys cut out